0: Thank you, KPFT. We're back with hour two of our Pushermanius playlist show a tribute to Bob Watson. We lost a legend just this past week in the city of Houston. A legend on the Houston Astros baseball team, the first black general manager of a major league baseball team ever. We can uh, we can hold that man. Houston can hold that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody who is a fan of his. His brief stint with the Red Sox the yankees the braves but hey man it's h-town we celebrate the astros all day and big bob we hope you're resting in peace your son was nice enough to let us know some of your favorite songs we're gonna play some of them tonight and uh up in just a couple songs now we got bun b calling in in just a few steve locked right here at kpft
1: we gonna the, the mother sucker the revolve, the sucker Tether of off we gonna tether off the mother sucker, tether off the suckle, a tether of off, we gotta tether off the mother sucker, tether and off the suckle, a tether of off, we gotta tell the mother.
0: Still locked into 90.1 KPFT, the Pusher Mania's Playlist Show Bob Watson special. A tribute to Bob Watson, a musical tribute, as a matter of fact. Thank you to his son Keith for sending us a lot of his favorite songs. We're going through some of his favorite songs and going through memories with some uh, and people who he impacted over the years, talking to some of the artists uh, who love baseball and understand the impact that this man made, not only for the Houston Astros, but in baseball in general. And there's no way we could do this show without speaking with the king of the trail, Bun B. What's up? Hey, what's going on, Matt? Man, thank you for taking the time to uh, call in tonight. It's really important no, to me no and, and to a lot of the fans. Were you an Astros fan growing up?
2: Of course. I yeah. mean, you couldn't help but be an Astros fan. Yeah. Uh, growing up in in the city of Houston, those years, um, it it was, I mean, it was part of being a Houstonian.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know. And that feeling is kind of it's returned, you know, with this new wave of Astros that we have. But yeah, no, it's you know, people in in Houston have tremendous pride in being from Houston and being Houstonians. And so we've always been all things Houston. And Astros is a perfect example of that.
0: Well, I believe it was nineteen ninety four, which was around super tight. You were probably kind of busy. And that was also the year of the big baseball strike, if you remember. But do you right. remember the significance of uh, of Bob Watson being named the first African American general manager in Major League Baseball?
2: Huge, huge, it's because huge. of the public perception of who baseball represents for. Right, right. like baseball is the all American sport. You know, it's like mom's apple pie, and it's 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 obviously a sport where you know, outside of, like, basketball and football where there are people of color in the sport, but they're, you know, the minority, you know? And so it was always seen, for lack of a better term, as a very white sport, you Mm -hmm. know? And even as people broke the color lines from Jackie Robinson on up, you know, people fought for more recognition, more representation. And so to have Bob Watson be named the general manager of a major league baseball team, it was a huge step forward, you know? And he so, is. you know, and so you, it's not just an athletic situation for Bob, right? You know, his accolades as a player are there, you know, actually hitting the millionth home run in baseball history. But I think what really represents Bob, the man that we know him now, is that the executive level, right? Because he's gone from player the coach into now being named a general manager right. of a team, right? It just shows the respect that he has within major league baseball. It's And true. it's reflective of the direction that baseball should be moving towards.
0: Man, it's true. And
2: and, and, and not only that, not to cut you off, man, no, but you have to look at the team that he's named the general manager of, you know. That's what that's when they start getting crazy, you know.
0: Well, Why is that? Why do you say that?
2: Well, I mean, because you know, it, it's 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 a it's a shot in the arm, so to speak. You know, yep. I think right, like it's 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 meant as a move to shake things up, right?
3: Exactly. Not
2: only is he is he possible, I mean, not only is he um, able to do the job, right, but we want him to do the job here in a place where it might be a hard pill for some people to swallow.
0: Exactly. But that being said, when you look at the community of Houston, it makes a lot of sense. Houston is not Well, it not does, just, but you got
2: to remember, this is still good old boy country, sure, right? Sure, sure, You know what I'm saying? So there's always that perspective of it. But, you know, times are changing, and people are learning to go with the times, you know? And, it's, and if it brings us wins, then that's really all that matters.
0: For sure. As a baseball fan back then, though, I have to say... I always looked at the Astros as larger than life. I mean, the Yankees have their legacy, all the the Dodgers, all these teams But looking at the Astros, their crazy uniforms, the Astrodome. You know, and Bob was in the first few years, you know, of, of the Astrodome. He came into the Astros organization in the 60s. Like, I always felt like above and beyond everything else, the Astros were kind of a revolutionary team.
2: No, they were. You know what I'm saying? They were different. Um, they looked different, their uniforms were different and, you know, it was, you know, football, you know, like, I don't know, I guess there was a level of detachment from it because right. I didn't necessarily play it. Right. I don't know if you play baseball as a kid, but you know, that's why baseball was so much like surprising to me. Like I didn't, it took me a while to actually kind of understand the game and really get into it from a statistical standpoint. Right. But I mean... I mean, no, man. I mean, the the Astrodome itself went to the mystique of the teams that played in it. You know.
0: Exactly. Well, baseball is actually not that interesting unless you do learn some of the nuances to the game and some of the the uh, the the strategies that really go into it. If you just watch a guy stand there and wait to hit a ball, it can be kind of boring unless you really understand what's going on over there.
2: Yeah, if you're counting the pitches, you know what I'm saying. You're yep. seeing you know, how the game is actually being played. Um, no, it's, it, it. the more you know about baseball, the more you learn to love the sport. You know, there's a very surface-level way of watching baseball, and then there's a deeper way of right. watching baseball.
0: Exactly. And Bob Watson definitely took it to the next level on a business level throughout his time with the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Braves, his entire career. And, I mean, he was really pivotal, pivotal, in his time with the Yankees, going up against George Steinbrenner and making uh, tons of waves throughout his career. And he is certainly a man to be celebrated. Houston, stand up for sure. I pray for the family. And, you know, we're doing this show on KPFT. Keith, his son, has been holding it down with with Bobby Fats on the groove for how many years now, man? Like Keith is a KPFT staple as well a legend in the city, an incredible music producer and behind the scenes person that a lot of people don't know. He's one of those unheralded, underheralded Houstonians that uh people definitely deserve to know. And he comes from a, a lineage of just of, of literal baseball royalty. So we exactly. celebrate him, we celebrate Bob and I really appreciate you giving me the time, man, and uh to speak out speak on it a little something, Bun.
2: Nah, man, that's the least I could do, man. Give, give keep my love, man. We're praying for the family.
0: You got it, brother. I definitely appreciate you calling in. And like I said, this is a musical tribute. We're going to celebrate tonight and we're going to get into some more music right now. Thank you, Bun B. Always a pleasure to speak with you, man.
2: Nah, thanks, man. Anytime. Rest in peace, Bob Watson.
0: You got it. Peace. Back here with the Pushermania playlist show special edition tonight on KPFT, all for Big Bob. For those of you who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the legend Bob Watson passed away this past Thursday here in Houston. His son Keith Watson has been a staple here at KPFT on the Groove for many years, holding down Monday nights soul and R&B music. And uh, he was uh, nice enough in all the chaos of, of losing such a losing his father to send me a list of his favorite songs. And so tonight we're going through some of his favorite songs. And we're talking to some artists out there who have that connection and that love for baseball, that love for Bob Watson. And right about now, we've got actually one of my favorite MCs of all time, Pete Nice of the group Third Base. What's up, Pete?
4: Yeah, what up, Matt? How you doing, man? Sorry to touch base on uh, such a somber note with Bob's passing. But, uh, you know, I... I actually have a little tie and aside from just being a fan of him as a player, like well, I was a Met fan, so when he was on the Astros wasn't rooting for him so, uh, yeah. at that point. But uh years later I, I I founded this like baseball youth baseball facility in Cooperstown called Cooperstown Dreams Park and Eddie Einhorn, who was the owner of, of the uh White Sox with Jerry Reinsdorf, wanted to come in and either buy our business or join venture and he had brought Bob in to actually talk to us and you know get a whole perspective of what we were doing, so I definitely had phone conversations with Bob. He was a great guy, and uh, you know I was kind of like in awe of just speaking to him because he you know, had such a long career in baseball, not only as a as a player but as an executive, and all his ties ties with the Yankees. So you know definitely condolences out to his family, and uh, you know definitely a legend in the game, and real real sad to hear about his passing.
0: A real stand-up guy, man. A stand-up guy for the Astros, the Red Sox, the Braves, the uh, Yankees. I know his time with the Yankees was probably some of his most pivotal. Well, I guess the early days in the Astros. I mean, my God, he was the first black uh, general manager of a, a major league baseball team. But he caused some uh, chaos up with the, with the Yankees. He was a fighter.
4: Right. <laughs> well, you know, being a med fan, I you know always love to see the Yankees in trouble. So, but, but Bob Watson definitely did his thing in the, in the, in the Bronx zoo out there. So, I mean, but, but a lot of that stuff became legendary. Um, and, but, you know, I, I kind of like when I picture Bob, I always see like one of the Astros baseball cards with the funky Astros multicolored jerseys, you know, exactly. And the, and the, and the helmet, you know, when, when, when the, when the first baseman would rock the helmet like George Scott and those guys, um, you know, those are just, like, it goes back to like the whole childhood reminiscences when you think of players like this. And, you know, as you get older and, and guys like this pass, it just, you know, shows just the whole change. I mean, obviously with the way Bayview, there's no baseball right now. I bet you Bob Watson would never have thought that in a million years. So, no.
0: Well, in it, 1994, it, he might
4: have. Right, right. <laughs> Right, right, but this is a whole, a whole, whole new thing. perspective. Yeah, a whole, whole, whole other game. Are so, you seeing
0: that ESPN is playing some Korean baseball in the middle of the night?
4: No, or, I did, I did not see that. Wow, they're, they're
0: playing some Korean games without a, without a, an audience in the middle of the night on ESPN right now, which is, is uh, at least something.
4: That's wild. Yeah, and I heard Manfred said something about uh, that. That was the plan for Major League Baseball, right? That they would try to do that if they got the Players Association to agree to it. So.
0: Yeah, I've been reading a bit about that, and it sounds a little crazy, but I would welcome back baseball for sure. Now, yeah,
4: no, I mean, if they could, I mean, I can't believe they would lose all the TV revenue and everything if they could play it without fans. If that's what they had to do, I mean, at least, at least you have a season.
0: And UFC did it this past weekend. I think they're doing it again this weekend.
4: Right, which is
0: kind of crazy, but. I have a question. Crazy. I'm not. We, this is about Bob. This is not about rap. But I do have to ask you this because it is baseball related. I've read so many of the interviews with you and about third base. I've heard the skit, and I've heard the way the uh, the name third base came around. But knowing that you grew up with such a passion for baseball, and when you left third base and left the the rap world, and went so deep into the baseball world. I have to assume I'm not saying that that's a lie by any means but I have to assume third base had something to do with you.
4: You know the the it goes back to like when we were it's almost like uh a a total coincidence that was almost made to happen. We were called three the hard way which obviously has nothing to do with baseball. Right. And we couldn't use the name because you know, the movie Three the Hard Way. Mm-hmm. And they were all copyright issues. So Russell was telling us, like, yo, you guys can't be Three the Hard Way. So we were, like, in Russell's lawyer's office just going through names that we had come up. And I had written on a piece of paper just, you know, third base, and it was, it, it had, like, you know, it was just, like, a little scribble with, a, like, a stand-up bass, you know, mm-hmm. next to the SS on the end. And, you know, when you listen to the Cactus album, there's a little interlude where you hear Russell talking and that's actually the, the exact time that we came up with the name. Man. So it actually, uh, unless Russell Simmons was a big baseball fan, which I know he wasn't uh, it, it really, the name had absolutely nothing to do with baseball, but to take that like, you know, 20, 30 years later, I, you know, with, with my love of baseball, I did a documentary film called a uh, Rooters' birth of Red Sox nation. and, don't ask me how I ended up covering you know the Red Sox being a Met fan and living in New York my whole life. But I wrote a book about the subject too and I hooked up with Ken Casey, who is a member of the founding member of the Dropkick Murphy's, mm-hmm. the Boston band, who, you know, redid the song Tessie for two thousand four with the Red Sox run. So I interviewed him for my book in the film, and in the course of the film there was his famous bar called Third Base Saloon, which was literally the first sports bar in America. And I recreated the actual bar as a backdrop while we were doing interviews of John Thorne, you know, the uh, historian of Major League Baseball and other people. And one thing led to another. And uh, a guy who owned a place called the Baseball Tavern across from Fenway, I said, hey, let me set up your second floor like this bar and we'll have our parties there and promote the film. He let me do it. Kenny saw it and said, hey, my friend's got a spot. Let's actually do a real bar, so, like in two thousand and eight, we did the bar. It's been up and running till this whole pandemic right now, and it is third base, and once again has nothing to do <laughs> with <laughs> with with third base, but it's just like you know it was meant to be i guess you know the uh the name has stuck, and in you know three different instances, you know it lives on so
0: oh man, that's, dope. Uh, and I'm so glad to get to see you follow your passion throughout all this. I follow you online with uh halls of Shame. And what you you do for uh, classic baseball, and and bringing the real history and, and exposing the shams, and then uh, your is it Rushtown, two six nine eight two nine yeah
4: two ninety eight uh, Rushtown two ninety eight that was the old address of Rush Artist Management. Exactly, so right. I, Instagram. and I, I'm I'm working with uh, the Universal Hip Hop Museum with uh, Paradise from the X Clan. He's the head curator of the new Hip Hop Museum, so uh, we put up uh, basically a pop up exhibition that started in December, and, you know, lasted up until this whole thing hit, and every six months we were planning on, the first one was for the 1970s, the next one is scheduled for 1980 to 84, so it's, you know, it's a it's a space that's located across the street from the site where the museum is being built up by Bronx Terminal, and actually, oddly enough, literally like a stone's throw away from Yankee Stadium. Wow. So... It reminded me of Bob Watson, you know, just being up there because I I, I spent so much time in the Bronx over the past year, you know, setting this whole thing up with Paradise that I felt like I I get like emails from like Realtor dot com like yo there's new new places in the, in the Bronx you <laughs> should look into I I was at this there's like a hotel like right uh, I think like a Ramada a Wyndham by Ramada that was a brand new hotel that was like right? I almost lived there for a while so. But uh, but now, but back then, back to Bob, like, you know, just shout out to him and everyone, you know, and obviously he has the Houston roots. Right. And uh, just a sad day to hear, hear of his passing, but definitely a legend and, uh, you know.
0: For sure. And your work I'm, does I'm glad parallel. you reached out. I'm glad you answered because your work parallels what I'm talking about here, trying to keep uh, these names and these legends alive. And so many things, as you know, went undocumented throughout time, through baseball, through music. Through all sorts of culture, and it's important to do what we can now to bring the truth to light and bring the uh, bring that information to the people. I love what you're doing. I'm, I've been a fan since day. Right, one. yeah. Just
4: say also, also say rest in peace to Bushwick Bill, my man, Bushwick Bill. Oh, you know, a lot of a lot of like hip hop legends. You know, definitely passed well, on too, like way too early,
0: dude. Just in the last month. My God, in and, and the last year. but And then, don't forget, Scarface has been on dialysis lately. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
4: Prayers up for Scarface as well. prayers up for Scarface, you know, so well. up for Scarface
0: and, and all of our fallen soldiers. There's been so many. And thank you, though, for seriously keeping these names out there and keeping this keeping this information out there. It's, it definitely means a lot to me. And uh, as an MC you have always meant a lot to me. And I'm very honored in 2020, through all this stuff we're going through, we can still get on the phone talk about some real things, and I really appreciate no, you taking this time, man.
4: Definitely. Word. So, uh, you yeah, know, peace to you and everybody out there in Houston, man. Always had a good time out there.
0: For sure. Peace to you, brother. And we are going to get back into a little more music. Like I said, Bob's son Keith sent me a whole list of some of his favorite songs. Yeah, and say what's
4: up to Keith. Definitely. the uh, condolences to the fan.
0: I will for sure. And this is all for you, Big Bob. You're tuning in to KPFT Houston. Musical tribute to Bob Watson here on KPFT. The Pusher playlist show is live and in full effect. And we are calling in to some of our favorite musicians and artists and people in this business who uh, looked up to Bob Watson, who know, knew about Bob Watson. And last night when I tweeted, when I first found out, you know, his son, Keith, is a good friend of mine. We talked to him earlier in the show. When I found out that uh, Bob had passed, I put a tweet up, and Dante Ross was the first person to reply and said, he was an important part of the Yankees organization as a player and a GM. Rest easy, Bob Watson, and we've got the legend Dante Ross on the phone right now. Dante, how you doing? What's up? Good, how are you? Man, man, I'm good, good. You know, it's another legend lost. This keeps happening every day. we We get another little news bite. Uh, this one hits close to home here as you know, his son, his family to me. And, you know, I grew up right by the Astrodome. I grew up partly right by the Astrodome. So the Astros were a big deal to me. I know uh, you in New York, I assume the Yankees were a big deal to you.
5: Oh, yeah, I'm a huge Yankee fan. And, and you know, Bob Watson, like I, I always liked him when he was on the the Astros and probably his best, best playing days were on the Astros. He was an all-star a couple of times. I remember he was always a great hitter. And I, I remember him playing first base more than the outfield. But uh, he came to the Yankees. He kind of, they kind of like, he, he virtually replaced Chris Chambliss. Mm-hmm. So Chambliss was like a Yankee, a Yankee hero. He hit the big home run against the Royals that that got him the series when they got swept by the Reds. Um, but but he comes to the Yankees. He kind of, what kind of transfer. Him. Chambliss goes to Cleveland. He was a fan favorite. But Watson stepped right in and and filled his shoes admirably. And he was a great hitter. Um, he he always a high percentage hitter. He hit, he hit 300 platooning for, for the Yankees. He started one year. What I remember most is that he had an amazing World Series. He lost to the Dodgers. But if we had won that series, we lost in six games, he would have been the MVP. I remember him hitting two home runs, and, and he hit 300 plus He had amazing series. Um, and, and he wasn't with the Yankees a lot, but he made an impact. Um, and what I thought was always cool about Bob Watson was he always seemed very poised, and obviously that, that worked for him. He was later a hitting coach. Uh, for several teams, including the Yankees. And then he ended up eventually becoming general manager and winning a World Series in 96. Right. Um, and that was a great team. And he helped assemble that team. Um, so I was always a big fan, man. He helped bring Wade Boggs over. And he was, um, I always admired the fact that he was so successful as an executive. And it made sense because he was such a smart player. And he seemed like he was a general manager on the field. And to watch, you know, watch a guy like that who ends up being. He basically is a co-commissioner of baseball for over a decade after being a player and a general manager. I mean, it's a storied career. And I think, you know, probably as an executive, more impactful than a player, but a great player and a very, very good hitter. Guy could always get a base hit. and I remember he looked cool because he had the glasses on. It kind of looked like Chris Trambles, too. They both had, like, the aviator glasses and Mm -hmm. was like a real 70s baseball player thing. Yeah. Um but but I loved him. He was great, man. He had a sweet swing. Good player.
0: Man, and he could stir things up as well.
5: Good. He was also a clutch pinch hitter his entire career. Yep. Uh, in his later years, he always, always come off the bench and get a hit. And um I always thought like as opposed to stirring things up, he kind of was a guy who who calmed things down, maybe. He seemed more right. like he seemed managerial even as a player to I don't know. He he always seemed cool, comment collected, but, but a voice of reason. And, you know, those Yankee teams were up and crazy. Everyone hated each other.
0: Right. Well, so, I, well, so, that's what uh, I mean. He'd be the one who could stir things up in the way to keep things. And when he had to step in, he could step in and and uh, fix the things. He could fix it.
5: Yeah, I'm trying exactly. to remember who the manager was when he played there. If he played for Bob Lemon or Billy Martin. I'm not, he may have actually played for both, right. which is semi-schizophrenic. And we talked about those Yankee teams. I mean, Billy Martin was out of his mind. Um, and Bob Lemon was, like, the most underrated. time Billy wanted a job back, they fired Bob Lemon, even though he's a guy who brought him back, you know, 17 games from the Red Sox to win it all. Right. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Did Bob Watson live in Houston?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think Houston was. Like, after was...
5: he played in Houston?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and he passed in Houston as well.
5: That makes sense. He was 74? Yep. And he had beat cancer at one point, too. I know, um, I read his book a long ass time ago. Um, man, I might have read it in like the, the early 2000s. It was pretty cool when he talked about having cancer and the whole thing.
0: Right. It was, it was
5: heavy. And like, you know, I know he, he worked for the commissioner's office for like 10 years. He also, I always liked the controversy about the millionth run. So they thought he scored the millionth run and it turned out he hadn't.
0: You know about this? Yes, I do know about that. And that's really crazy because that was, uh, that was definitely a big controversy. And, uh, it's funny. I had to correct. Uh, I was trying to correct Bun B. He said it's the millionth home run, and I was like, "No, it was the millionth run." But
5: yeah, and and I think they miscalculated, I and mean, he wasn't really the guy. Man. I never knew who the guy really was who scored the millionth run. I think everyone knows Bob Watson scored the fake millionth run, but no one knows who really scored the millionth run.
0: That's not something easy to calculate. I don't think. <laughs> How do you you know what I mean? The millionth run in the in the history of baseball—that's pretty crazy.
5: El- I wonder if they count, did they count the postseason too, or is it just the regular season?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But man, a lot of variables. Did you spend a lot of time at Yankee Stadium?
5: I did. I went yeah. to the Yankee games my whole entire life, whether I sat in the bleachers, or I sat upper deck, or you know, my friend, my my. My old production partner, my best friend who passed away in December, to uh, Johnny. he was one of the SD 50s. Me and Man. him were huge Yankee fans. And we went to a lot of Yankee games. And we preferred sitting in the upper deck because you could smoke weed in the upper deck. The bleachers, you couldn't really smoke weed because smaller, so they catch you and they might kick you out. Right. So, so we used to go to Yankee Stadium, buy the cheap seat, sit up in the upper deck and sit literally like the last girl and smoke weed like all the time. Um, I love Yankee Stadium. I went to Yankee Stadium. A zillion times, and I always say the only things I really knew about the Bronx, other than hip hop, was Yankee Stadium.
3: Man. I really
5: never went to the Bronx except Yankee Stadium. So, so exactly. you know that's that's all I really knew about the Bronx. And um, a story about Yankee Stadium, and I'll let you go. Is so I had a great friend of mine named the Captain Sean Karazov, and he was the Beastie Boys road manager. Right. And he was maybe the biggest Yankee fan I've ever known. And we gone to uh, we gone to close, probably ten, you know, close to ten opening days. He had moved to LA, but he's flying every year. We go to opening day, and we got a World Series game together. He's a huge Yankee fan. And when he passed, several years after he passed, Leo Cohen actually got somehow connected this because his last wishes were to bury him at Yankee Stadium. We spread his ashes throughout the infield and the warning track of Yankee Stadium, so his ashes are on the playing field. Oh and, um, man! It was me and several members of the BCs, and a very small group of us. And uh, we we literally ran around the infield and the warning track and spread his ashes. So every time I go to Yankee Stadium, I always think about my friend Sean, and and now I think about Gee because me and him spent so much time there. Um, You know, I was there when Wade Boggs rode the horse. I saw four out of five of those game uh, subway series against the Mets. Um, Huge Yankee fan, love baseball, and and actually after steroid gate, I've kind of like my my love of baseball has dwindled the last few years. It's just a lot. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a contemplative game. That's And one that doesn't, trans- doesn't translate to TV. I love going to see a lot. Exactly. TV, I go to sleep.
0: Exactly. I can watch a few so, innings know. on TV. I can watch a few innings on TV, but I will go to any baseball game and hang out and enjoy it.
5: I'll go to um, – yeah, right. I'll never not go to a baseball game. Like, if there's a good ticket, I'm going in. And I'll watch the World Tours in the playoffs. Sure. Particularly if the Yankees are in, but but – Regular season just puts me to sleep. It's too slow for me on TV. No, exactly. one of the things you got to see a lot.
0: You've got to be there live the to full experience. Football.
5: Exactly. you got to go to the ballpark. It's a thing.
0: Yep.
5: you got to eat a hot dog. you got to go, like, talk some shit. You know, it's, I mean, Yankee Stadium's classic because everyone talks shish. So it, it's amazing. And you know, we we're really lucky to have Bob Watson on those teams. Unfortunately, as a player, he didn't get a, a World Series ring. He, we lost to the Royals, I think, in the playoffs that one year. In, in 80, I think in 81, we
0: lost to the Dodgers in six games, and we beat them the next year. Man. So. Well, I appreciate your insights. You have definitely given us more uh, insight and history to the real uh, – the stats and such than than anyone so far. I appreciate that very much, Dante, and uh, uh, definitely appreciate your friendship over these years and, and the time we've spent. And just, man, I want to make sure and give flowers while you're still here as well, man. You're a legend, and – uh really honored to know you appreciate you for giving me this time
5: thank you my brother matt i hope you're well stay safe stay sane and we'll get through this man and i hope to see you again and give you a big hug my brother
0: you got it man hugs are coming soon i think i think hugs are going to come back soon i'm waiting for that for the uh report but i, I think hear- hugs are coming soon they
5: have to man texas they texas they got guns in restaurants i don't know man <laughs> this sounds crazy I
0: don't know (laughs) it's a little weird right now here man to be honest it's not it's a little crazy but man stay safe my brother you too brother you too speak safe and be well and we're gonna get into some more music right here this is all for Big Bob musical tribute to Bob Watson tonight thank you Dante Ross and everybody else who's called in tonight be right back
5: rest in peace Bob Watson Lynn.
0: thank you brother peace
1: (音楽) ¶¶ (music) We'll <music> be
0: And it's crazy because like i was telling keith watson the son of bob watson in the interview in the first hour like a lot of these records are records that my mom had and it's the same thing i got to hear growing up got to hear from the size of a rock funk disco soul everything back in the 70s and things and that's maybe where my um approach to all this comes from I don't care about genres. I don't care about rules. I don't care about any of these things. If the music's good, the music's good. If it's great, even better. And we had some musical greats on tonight paying tribute to the late, great Bob Watson. Your legacy will never die, my man. You will always be with us. You left such an impact on baseball in the world and on H-Town in general. My name is Matt Sanzala, and you can find me on all the platforms, the Pusher Mania's playlist show. There's an uncensored Pusher Mania's playlist show that I did not for the radio just this week um, on the SoundCloud and iTunes and all those things. If you just search Pusher Mania from Wednesday night, I also did a jazz mix this week, like real kind of weird jazz, kind of out there things. If you'd like to listen to some out there things, I've got you. Um, We're just going to keep doing it. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're keeping your mouth covered. It's not time yet, man. Tell the Wahoos to calm down for a minute, you know what I mean? Like, the Wahoos need to calm down for just another minute and see what happens. I'm praying for all of us, all of you, for your health, for your prosperity in life. Most of your prosperity will come from your health if you can just stay alive, stay healthy every day, and keep moving forward I do appreciate KPFT for this opportunity, man, and I will keep on doing it as long as they'll let me, I do suppose. Again, Matt at Pushermania.com, Pushermania on the Twitter and the Instagram. I would love to hear from you today, tonight, now.